0: Well hello everybody. Welcome to class once again. With me as always is, you know, he's the co-hostess with the most hits. He's the dean of green at this institution of Indica, this school of sativa. He's the most scholarly stoner I know. Professor Adams, ladies and gentlemen. Adam, not Adams. They either way, there you go.
1: Adams, Adam or Adams almost sounds more classy for this affair that we have today. You're gonna have people searching for Adam Adams. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so glad that I finally got to drag you into this world of darkness that just sits in the reaches of my brain that I don't always like to talk about, but I do enjoy the study of.
0: I know we did Ed Gean previously, and we did someone else. I can't remember who the other guy was.
1: Uh, but, it was just Ed Gein, wasn't it? Because Anton yeah, LaVey but we was kind of, just the church, Yeah, guy. we kind
0: of mixed it up okay. with like a few different people. Vlad, Dracul. cool. But, I mean, if, if we're going to talk the prototype, the godfather of serial killers, it's got to be Jack the Ripper.
1: Yeah, Nombre Uno. This was the first guy. He wasn't the first serial killer ever. Uh, he was, like, the first ever mass media crazed serial killer that everybody in the world heard about. Yeah. Which, again... We're talking about a period in 1888. That was just a very small period, but whenever I hear 1888, how does news get across
0: the ocean that fast? It's like, like two, it was like a two and a half month affair.
1: Yeah, but do you think by the how would it get to America before the siege or the the Reign of Terror was over?
0: I don't know. Like having to a boat, right? Yeah. The only thing I could think about is someone's around for maybe the first couple. And, I mean, there is a gap, essentially, between the fourth and the fifth. Okay, I keep mixing up this word. Can- canonical? Canonical. Yep. Not canonical. Canonical.
1: And I found out doing the boards that canonical is not the correct way to spell It's not the way I had it in my head. For some reason, I kept adding a T in there for mm-hmm. canonical, but not right.
0: So the canonical five, essentially, are the five recognized victims Of Jack the Ripper that fit essentially all of a common MO or modus operandi. And the crazy thing about, I mean, there's so much crazy shit on this, is I knew, everyone I think knows in one way or another, Jack the Ripper has heard of it. Maybe not kind of our younger audience or anything like that. But it's always something that's been played up in, you know, media or versions. Like, and again, any serial killer kind of follows this archetype almost like this was like the inspiration especially because he was never caught and i mean if you're gonna be the first big one and not get caught you're kind of setting an example of like well look how easy it is to get away with this shit uh, and not to mention the tone that you've set for like this is the first time
1: we're hearing about like a a massive serial killer that maybe like wasn't in our town that we found Mm -hmm. the first time the media picks up on something, they just don't have a conclusion to it. Yeah. It's just an ellipses at the end of every fucking uh, news
0: article. Well, I mean, and this came at a time when it was almost like previous serial killers and things like that. The media wasn't there in this, you know, iteration. However, it was existing at the time. And then he, he just happened to be, so fucking deadly, of course, but I mean, he happened to come along at like just the right time when like print media was able to go and pick up on this stuff and was, of course, looking for stuff to, to report on. And then they just latched onto him. I think I mm-hmm. was telling you, it's kind of seemed like as we get into it, it's going to seem like an apex predator being lit into an area. Where there were much smaller predators. Like, no one expected anything like this to happen. Just woolen lambs everywhere, ready for the slaughter. Yep. (laughs) Well, without further ado and no more pomp and circumstance, while we get ripped, we're going to be talking about Jack the Ripper. Well, set the stage for me. Where are we going
1: back? Are we going back to Jolly Old London. You know how hard it was for me not to order a deerstalker cap to put on for this episode? I feel like you should have.
0: I, and then had a red handkerchief.
1: Yeah, I, I just. Well, I learned and we'll talk about. Multiple times at Deerstalker Caps. Apparently, that must have been like the only hat in London, but it's basically like the Sherlock hat. It is. Like like, it's a, there's a bill in front and a bill in back, I guess, in case and it's not reversible. It's no, just no, No, it looks
0: like, what do they call that? where it looks the same way going forward as backwards? It's symmetrical. It's an anagram hat? It's an anagram hat. <laughs> but basically, yeah. Like, not,
1: anagram is when you mix the... Uh, the letters up. What's the other one? I can't remember.
0: Shit. It's symmetrical is what yeah, it is, front okay. to back, and then it's got the little ear flaps that go up. But Sherlock never had the flips, the flaps down. No, could, just... he
1: had to have his ears to the streets at all times. That's Correct. why it was always up. Um, I I don't know. I have never really dove into the Sherlock universe. I'm sure he has to play some part in this. Like there's media wise. Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes worked for Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard was in the Ripper. Are you talking about in Ripper. fiction? Yeah. Well, Sherlock Holmes wasn't real, was he?
0: No. Yeah. So you're saying that... I'm, I'm definitely sure that in some form of literature... Yeah, oh yeah, uh, Sherlock Holmes... There was even a movie about it. Sherlock Holmes versus, like, Jack the Ripper. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Yeah, so it it sort of fits this. And Sherlock Holmes, as we know, is... One of the greatest detectives in the world, and even in a fictional world, maybe Sherlock catches him there. But in the real world, nobody at Scotland Yard could. Um, we end up in 19th century London, which I did not know. Um, at one point in time, in the 19th century, 1888 London- to be yeah,
0: that's worse than as 1888. But again, the centuries work weirdly when you actually say them. So it's the ni- It's late 19th century is what it'd be considered, right?
1: Uh, because yeah, early is 20th century, 1888, okay, yeah. yeah. But London just blew up. London went from less than a million people in 1801 to 5.5 million people in 1891. Can you imagine gaining 4.4 million people in less than a
0: hundred years? You and in a situation where this is not like where you can just crank out infrastructure.
1: New. Well, it was. I think probably. Like,
0: technologically advanced for the time. But, but you, it, can't, you can only grow so much. Yeah. Sure, like, as far as, like, from city planning perspective.
1: If you're building industry, you're not building residences.
0: Exactly. And so we get this, specifically the area that we're going to be discussing, where the, what did they say? They call them the Whitechapel Murders, right? Yep. But, uh, but it's in the
1: east end of
0: London. You sound like you're from London.
1: And it was, like, like I say, it became the world's largest city. That sounds like a crazy moniker for the 19th century to be the world's largest city. I don't know where it ranks now. It has to be huge. But when you get that rank and you get all this influx of people, you're going to be getting a ton of immigrants. You're going to be, be getting a ton of refugees because we have conflicts going on in Europe. Um... Soviet Union, I'm sure, was probably pulling some shit back then. Like, yeah. there, was, there was an influx of people that were coming
0: into this area, most of them poor, most of them destitute, looking for an opportunity. Even if you're not poor and destitute, you're essentially fling, like, there were situations, so this portion that we're going to be discussing, sorry, is called Whitechapel, and that's essentially kind of the area in which in which Jack operates. And so in the mid-19th century, so what would that be, like, 1850, 50 something like that. Yeah. You have this huge influx of Jewish refugees fleeing Russia. So they're coming From the in pogroms. Yeah, Did what you, was that?
1: They were just like big anti-semitic rallies that they would hold on streets where they would just terrorize any Jewish people that were around. I could
0: definitely see wanting to leave that yes. situation. And then in there was another, like, Irish influx. Okay, so the Jewish influx was in 1882, right before this happened, like six years before this happens. About 32 years prior to that, mid-19th century, you had, prior to that, an Irish influx. And I think, were those people fleeing, like, it, was, it a fa- was it one of the famines? Um, it might have been. So, you basically have this area of Whitechapel that by 1888, when these events occur, you have 80,000 people living in this area. And if you're thinking of 1888 London, maybe two to three stories as far as the buildings can go. Yeah. And, you know, just completely crammed together townhomes and you're just cramming 80,000 people into this district of East London. Dude, it was this area particularly. You think like some areas like even in our country are fucking like rough and everything like that. Yeah. 55% of the children died before they were five years old.
1: I mean, it's not, it sucks. It's really bad. It's not shocking when you hear, like, that number sounds really, really incredibly bad to think that you have a 50-50 chance of keeping a kid into, like, teenage
0: years, basically. Like, you have to have a party to go along with their fifth birthday. Like, the fifth birthday party (laughs) is, like, the fucking party. Like, we did it! crossing your fingers Mm -hmm. till you get to
1: five. I don't know if you could, though. Um, one of the crazy numbers that I saw for Whitechapel in 1881, kind of like Whitechapel proper, like the whole city area, mm-hmm. it was only, I think, like three square miles or something like for that. I searched the
0: fucking landmass of that so much, and then I just got
1: bored. But 30,700 people lived in just 4,069 houses. That's like one in every... Or one house held, like, seven and a half people, which you don't have family... You have families that are that big, but you also have to shuffle these people in and out of these places, and that's like, saying on boarding average
0: houses. That's like saying on average, yeah. too. Some of the houses just had, you know, with people that still had means and everything in this area of Whitechapel, you still had people that just owned their houses. So you could have four people, and then you could have other people crammed out. You... <laughs> such as the economic condition of Whitechapel, just within the Whitechapel area, we have 62 brothels. That's going to come into play as a major component in this story. Uh, 1,200 prostitutes, again, very big factor in this story. And there were 233 common lodging houses, basically places where you could pay to go in and have a bed for the night. Kind of like, and not just like a bed in some places, they had these things called coffin beds. Did you see a picture yeah. of that? Or it's like literally a door right up next to the side of you that you open and swing out? No, they were the ones laying in the ground where they gave them a box the size of a coffin to sleep in. Because oh. they could cram so many and keep them enclosed that they wouldn't have to worry about giving them additional room. And they had fucking like bugs in there. Like it's not like these people are leaving for the night and they're like spraying these things down. Mm-hmm. These, I think they said for a coffin bed, it was four pence. And then they had this thing that was the leanover rope that across a common area they would stretch this big rope and you could basically hang over it to sleep standing up. And that's where they think they may get the uh, term the hangover. Oh. Huh. So you could pay to just basically be have a roof have over your head and be leaning yeah. over rope to just try to fucking sleep. So that kind of gives you an idea of what some of, the people were dealing with at this time, where just there was no work, no work.
1: Uh, another side effect of Whitechapel was they said that it was estimated that
0: about ten percent of the population had syphilis. Ah, so well, I am sure these <laughs> sixty-two <laughs> brothels and twelve hundred prostitutes probably had something to do with that. But again, this is eighteen eighty-eight. Uh, that's you know, what do you? It's just a little syphilis. Come on, baby. I, they didn't have a cure for it back then, I don't think. I think this was like... This was still in the days of shooting um, Mercury in your dick. Yeah, either yeah. that
1: or I think they'd set it on the table and they put a Bible on it and smash it. I, I don't know. Just
0: try to smash the demons <laughs> yeah, out.
1: Get it all out of there. Uh, the other thing that they had that was kind of nuts... Oh, um, just to the point of these people that were paying to be in those uh, houses that you were mm-hmm. talking about... About well, one in 30 of the residents in Whitechapel were homeless. So that was like almost a – it wasn't the best case scenario, but it was literally like the middle of the road. If you get a coffin bed, probably pretty
0: good. If you get a lean-in rope, still not as bad as being homeless. And, you know, with all of these prostitutes that you would have – we we talked about this. You were texting me. You were like, did this place – like, did time mean nothing? Yeah. This place was going 24-7, and when we get into kind of, like, the times that the victims were found and everything, you're gonna be like, why are, are people just fucking seem to be out wandering around it like, these times of, like, day and night? Apparently, because, like, of the industry, you know, there was, like, meatpacking in the district and everything like that. You just literally had people coming and going literally at all hours of the day.
1: It was almost like poor Vegas with just as much
0: syphilis. It kind of seems like that, right? Yeah,
1: just the amount of time that people are out all the time. If you're working a night shift, you're trying to either sleep during the day and get drunk. And these ladies were working the night
0: shift. Day shift the night, whenever the shift arose.
1: Even like factory workers or anything like that, they're going in, they're working swing shifts, probably uh, fucking 10 to 7, whatever, Mm -hmm. get off at 7 a.m., go home, try to sleep, try to figure out how to eat. Um, one of the places that sounds like just the worst thing on earth
0: that they had to stay in, they were called workhouses. Did you see anything about these? Yeah. So if someone was like, cause it was supposed to be like government, pr- government housing for it people like- that had like lost their jobs and things like that and but what ended up being it was a place to that people just found out a way to like embezzle money no or like skim money off the top or something like that wasn't it there were people that had taken advantage of these places that they were getting supplies and money to try to feed and house some people i mean it wasn't much but then they were also making the conditions even worse Am might not correct in that
1: uh workhouses were places where um factory workers could go and have a roof over their head, have a meal, and get a semi-regular bath Mm -hmm. in exchange for the work that they're doing for that company. Oh, that's So it's basically like company barracks. um, When I say bathe semi-regularly, they had a bathtub that you would get access to once a week in these workhouses. Um, Two conditions was you didn't get to go in by yourself. There was another guy, I guess, at the other end of the
0: bathtub. You went in in pairs. So and like in, the in that wa- scene in Shanghai, in Shanghai Noon, Shanghai
1: Night, Shanghai Nights, they're in different. No, no, no. Oh, Remember when noon? they're
0: playing the game, and then yeah. they end up walking in. They're both in the bathtub playing the game. Doesn't it start the out? Game? They're in, they're two in separate tubs. tubs, and then it finally, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they finally end up in the same.
1: The other part of that is the bathtub water doesn't get changed between every t- or the bathroom water or bathtub water. Jesus Christ, only gets changed. Sh- I'm talking about naked dudes in a tub, and I mm-hmm. can't keep my words straight it got changed every 22 people. So could you imagine being 20 and 20 or 21 and 22 that have to get in that just dingy,
0: disgusting. Bathroom? You know what? I'll just wait for the next refill and then we'll just start there again. <laughs> no, man, these are the rules. We got to get two more people in but, there. Drawn that strong being like, God damn yeah. it. How it's not worth it? No, no, it's yeah, you're you're more you'd... likely to get syphilis <laughs> at that point than from some of these prostitutes.
1: It, it was just such a way to keep people poor because they did pay them a meager wage, but their their big you know payoff in working for these companies was getting to live in these workhouses. They actually separate or had separate quarters too. You could bring your family to the workhouses. Mm. Women and children had to stay in one side, and the men were actually mm. separated from them. So almost even more of a form of torture. Um, this is where I think gruel enters the lexicon of the Ooh, world.
0: Sandwiches,
1: <laughs> gruel every day. They they ate some pretty bad stuff back, back then, cruel. but it was just another way to keep people in poverty and to keep this workforce going. You have all these different sects too, where all this other violence happens. There is a lot of sects. Sect <laughs> the one with the T in it, or the C C T in it, yeah. But like you say, you have this um, influx of Russian Jews coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this influx of Irish coming in. There were I think parts of Eastern Europe were kind of flooding into the area, but you still had the London poor. Like you still Definitely. had the people that were already destitute before all the other immigrants. And now came you in.
0: essentially have more people who are going to be destitute because it's gonna be much harder for them to assimilate and everything than just the London poor. Like if anything people are gonna be like, Well, at least they're from London. Yeah, so you have well people-
1: you also had the Londoners who start to be xenophobic. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Because you have everybody else flooding in. But these are poor xenophobes living among all these immigrants. And the violence in Whitechapel was, I think they said, like the worst. Oh, I would imagine. In, in London by far. Mm-hmm. It was just a very, very bad area. It got
0: to the point where, and again, like we're I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but it, it helps to paint the picture to know how all of this actually turns out. How so, we can just never get found. Well, think of this too, at night it's just fucking street lamps and lanterns yep and that's just if you have a lantern yeah candlelight a- coming out of the window of a house it, or if you're walking down someplace like parks or like common areas that didn't have like there's fucking darkness everywhere Alleys
1: a- were all dark back ro- or backyards any sort of
0: uh yeah just anywhere that like was like a off circle of, of light around a street lamp and then 50 feet of darkness. So you get to the next fucking street lamp and that good old English dark that you think of when you think Jack the Ripper. Oh, when you got like all the fucking industrial smog up in the air and all that kind of shit too, in these types of neighborhoods and you had it so bad to where the PCs are in this situation instead of like cops or police, it's police constables. So we're going to say PC before some names. So that's police constable where some of them, they had beats that they were walking all times of night. Again, like they were constantly on like patrol and everything, but no fucking guns. These guys have a fucking like whistle and a fucking billy club. And that's what they have. And then not to mention that there were streets within Whitechapel that the police would not even walk down unless yeah. they were in force. That's how fucking dangerous this was. Even the guy, the constables,
1: the guys in charge don't even want to go down some of these yeah. streets. And weren't they on maps? They were, like, literally labeled with black lines around it as, like, do not go. Something
0: like that. Like, don't go in alone. Yeah.
1: But when you're homeless and you're looking for a place to stay and you need food, uh, you need money for booze because alcoholism was
0: rampant around here. I guess the one thing that they weren't short of was bars. Yeah. And, I mean, if you really think about it just from, like, anybody, any of these women that were Jack the Ripper's victims, all of them kind of have this a few common attributes. Essentially, of course they had lives before this and they got into situations in which they were either married at some point or mothers at some point. And so we're not trying to gloss over that these weren't people. It just helps to disassociate from it a little bit. If we're <laughs> going to be having the conversation, but also like a lot of these women were literally on their just last shred of hope. If not, if not even having hope, they had uh, turned to like drinking and everything like that, which like Adam was saying, if your fucking life is this bad and you're living in this area, you're probably trying to self-medicate at any point you can for as long as you possibly can. so i don't I don't fault them for that.
1: Any point you're not conscious is probably an okay time
0: and and these were all women that were essentially sleeping night to night within not the workhouses because prostitution wasn't something that you could pay for like, but they were either some really were either working in brothels at one point. Or they were just kind of what I would consider freelance yeah. and yep. would be basically going out and trying to earn enough money to sleep in one of these houses for the night in one of these beds and then be able to also afford to get drunk and then the next day living literally day to day in, in they this were, manner.
1: Unfortunately, they were addicts
0: that were doing what they could to... Scratch, but, out, a, scratch out a living uh-huh. like the, with the only trade that they could you know, really have. I mean, some of them knew how to do certain things, but you have to have a place to do that or equipment if you're going to be a seamstress or things like that. When you have nothing except what you have on your body, that's kind of becomes the only only option available.
1: And I think Chris and I, if you've listened to a lot of our episodes before, I think we've made this very clear. Uh, We're pro prostitution. Pro sex work. Yeah. I mean, it's not we don't look at it
0: in a shameful way. We sort of are a little bit jealous. If I could make money off of it the way some people make money off of it, (laughs) I would. That's the only reason people are going to complain about this is because they can't fucking make money off of it.
1: And we just, uh, we want safety. We want regulation. We want these people to be safe, to be screened. Because You do you, girl or guy. If
0: you're even more respected, you're a guy able to make a living doing that. Yeah,
1: gigolos are sweet. Mm -hmm. But in all actuality, it's a service that is sort of just needed in society. Rosal's profession, buddy. Yep. So, um, just getting back to the violence and kind of starting in on these five murders, these canonical murders that we're going to talk about. There were actually 11 murders that were investigated from April, 1888 to February, 1891 that were known as the Whitechapel murders. Mm -hmm. Um, there's only these five canonical, um, Murders.
0: That fall within a two and a half month period yep. of the Whitechapel murders.
1: Yeah, so it starts out August 31st. But even before that, the thing that really started to sort of set in motion the media frenzy that this was, was these murders before. There was The first one was in April. Um, it was pretty bad. A, I forgot this
0: woman's name and I feel terrible about no, it. No, I got you. Okay. This is why we do our separate research oh, so yeah. we can back each other up. So April 3rd, 88, Emma Smith is killed by what's reported as multiple men. Four men. Yeah. Four men. They, do, we, do you want the details? Did you get the details? I'm going to go ahead and just gloss over it, because um, we're going to get into it with fucking the escalation yeah. with the canonical five. But was she the one that had blunt force trauma, shoved up her... I feel like... D- I know vagina is the... And I don't know why we're dancing around that and everything like that. But basically had a blunt object, shoved up her vagina, which then tore her perineum, correct? And she was having massive blood loss that way. And then she was just beaten. Yeah. She was actually taken to the hospital, and that's how they know who... After being ignored by a cop at some point. Uh Like, she's literally walking down the street. She was able to tie something, like, between her legs to try to stem the blood loss. And... Lasted till the next day, but basically had walked by like a couple um, of these police constables and like they they didn't help her. Like, I don't know. And that says something about like, I don't know. You know, when they're like, if you're walking through, keep your head down, you know, eyes in front of you and everything like that. I don't know if it just got so bad or it was so bad even before that in Whitechapel that the police were so used to seeing people beaten and hurt that that wasn't even a concern to them, that that was just, like, fucking day-to-day. That was just old hat.
1: There also comes a factor in that it could be the Whitechapel beat was probably the one beat that you didn't That, want. too, and
0: if it was someone to be known as, you know, a prostitute or something like that, if they were in that area for long enough, there was probably something to wear. You know, because this was a profession that, and still is today, looked down on by sections of society, and especially back in, like, the puritanical, religiously heavy times in London at this point and everything, anything, you know, immoral like that is just going to, you're going to not even pay attention even more to someone that you suspect of, of having a, a part in that.
1: Yeah, you're just, you're not going to be a good police officer or constable. Um But yeah, she was able to describe her assailants in so much as there was four of them. They robbed her. Um, She dies, like you said, the next day. So pretty badass, pretty cool that Emma Smith lived on through just that terror that she went through. But that's sort of why it's not associated with these canonical five, because these five that we're going to get into were all very similar in more than one way, but what this first murder did was it really pissed off everybody in Whitechapel because there were a lot of people that knew Emma Smith. Mm -hmm. She had given her report on what happened, and I'm sure she mentioned the constables that didn't do anything for Mm -hmm. her or anything like that. So the people in Whitechapel were pretty pissed off. They were pretty frustrated that this was going on and that nobody cared about their existence, basically.
0: And not only essentially because you do have a large section of, of course, prostitutes and everything like that, but this was something that when kind of looked at, when she was jumped by four different... There's going to be a difference in this as well as the Jack the Ripper murders and everything that, again, like Adam was saying, have very similar circumstances. But that at the same time is going to be like, that could have been any of our wives or daughters. Yeah, in that area. It's not just looked upon like, oh, well, she shouldn't have been out. It was looked at more of that way and just the inaction by the the, I don't know what you would consider London law enforcement. If you just want to stay it that way, was there was definitely some public uh, public dissatisfaction with that.
1: They didn't like the apathy.
0: And so there's kind of a bit of a break between that time period between April. We get up to August 7th and this is when Martha Tabram is essentially I think she's um, a prostitute. She was working with another girl, I believe, at the time, and they had picked up two sailors. Am I yeah, correct yeah, yeah. that? And she ended up being found either that night, early morning, or the next day, stabbed 39 times on the steps of, was it like a library or courthouse? Something like that. I can't... It was. A, yeah,
1: I think it might have been a courthouse.
0: But stabbed 39 times. And I think they determined through whatever forensics were available at this time. I overest or yeah, I definitely underestimated the level of forensics and what they could identify at this time. But they determined that she had been stabbed mostly by bayonets. It, and
1: who's gonna carry a bayonet on land that's not that's gonna be the like the standard issue knife? Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I don't think anybody was ever charged in her murder. But you have a woman that's literally stabbed fucking thirty nine times, which.
1: It's, but this is where my weird part comes out with serial killers and this kind of a deal is I, I look a lot into this stuff. I, I don't necessarily enjoy it. It's just something
0: that interests me. We have a, I was given this a lot of thought. We have, it's like when they do the, is it a Venn diagram that Uh does that? So like you have a very specific lane of history and then I have this lane of history. Your history is like, it's not obscure stuff but it's not the stuff that they teach you in school. I have this thing where the stuff they taught you in school, I'm like, I don't think that's all of it. And so I like to d- yeah. dive deep into that to find out all the details of it. You're like, okay, enough of this shit. I want to find out all the stuff you're not <laughs> telling us. And so this is where I think we also have a good blending of of this kind of stuff. Yeah, the the darkness in society is something that just interests Your eyes me like totally crazy. don't light up when you talk about this stuff at all. Yeah, no. It's all. not at all worrisome with me sitting right next to you.
1: But – To be stabbed, what, 39 times? Yeah. That shows a pattern of aggression that something definitely went wrong and it was done out of anger. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just looking to kill somebody... Quick shot to the throat, quick shot, you know, to the brain, to the heart, anywhere like 39 that. 39 isn't over.
0: a planned. It's not something that's planned. Yeah. That's just you're going like, and you're in a frenzy. Uh-huh. And you're only doing that is to kill. Like, you're not trying to, as we'll see within the Jack the River, you're not trying to save any of the bits or spare any of Mm-mm. the parts. You're just trying to fucking, you're in a fit of rage is what you're doing.
1: Yeah, it's done. Like you say, in a fit of rage, purely out of aggression, and you want to try to hurt that person.
0: And I think that's also why we don't consider this, or it's not considered one of the canonical five, is just that it's not...
1: Methodical enough. No,
0: no, exactly. It's too unrestrained. Yep. Or no, not unrestrained. It's too, I don't unruly is what it would be. Because these ones are definitely not fucking restra- unrestrained. Um. So then we actually come to, a little bit later in the month, Friday, August 31st of 1888, and this is – we're going to go in order, of course, but we have our first victim tied to Jack the Ripper, which is Marianne Nichols. And fun little fact as well, Jack the Ripper was not a name, and we'll get into the letters The – I'm doing quotes here – the yeah. letters that were sent. The name Jack the Ripper was an invention of the media. Uh, uh, Maybe. Okay. But anyway – the name Jack the Ripper didn't even come about until after, what is it, the 3rd, 4th? Yep. Um, Maybe between the 2nd and 3rd and 4th?
1: I believe it was between the 2nd and 3rd.
0: Okay. The night of Two is right before but that But this, happened. basically, it's just the Whitechapel murderer at this point and everything. So this is the first time, though, that Jack essentially steps into the spotlight, or actually lack thereof, and... As far as Marianne Nichols go, so she's discovered at three forty a.m. Um, in a place or a street called Bucks Row, and prior to three forty a.m., she was last seen an hour before. Yeah, she was seen very much unstabbed. They're just always an hour seen prior. right before, which is crazy. In that there's still so many people around. Yeah, that someone is always able to be like, yeah, I just saw her an hour ago, or in some situations, literally minutes before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I forgot, where was she found? Like, wh- in what scenario? Uh, I believe that she was found in front
1: of, like, a factory building. Okay. But it was an area that was, again, like we've talked about with all this stuff, 3.40 in the morning, bitterly dark. Uh, you're on not necessarily a back street, but you're sort of in between It didn't need to lights. be a
0: back street. Yeah. that's That's the whole, that's the fucking most terrifying thing about this is it didn't need to be on a back street or a dark alley or someplace secluded, like, this, if there was darkness that he could pull these fucking women into, he did. And this is where we're going to start essentially establishing kind of how how Jack does his business. So she had two deep cuts on her throat down to the fucking vertebrae to where they found marks on her fucking, the spinal cord. Yeah, essentially...
1: Slit ear to ear with two slices. The only
0: thing keeping it on was the, like, not working back. Yeah. And she was found by a guy named um, Charles Cross. Oh, you're right. It was in front of a gated stable. Oh, I in guess. front of stable. Because, of course, you're getting around by, there's still horses and everything, so you have these stables in the, middle of, in the middle of the city. And as he basically runs off to go try to find one of these PCs, these police constables, another police constable, uh, John Neal comes upon the body and calls this guy named Dr. Was it uh, last name? Dr. Llewellyn and basically determines at that time. So I think it took him 10 minutes to get there, which is crazy that it only, they had like a, do they have just like doctors within those areas? that yeah, They can call upon like to work so. with the, because they have precincts and everything. We also have a
1: very loose term when we say doctor. <laughs> Yes. It's the guy with the most medical understanding at the time.
0: Exactly. Within earshot Uh or something like that. But he determines through the powers of investigation deduction that she had only been dead for like 30 minutes. Her
1: arms were still warm. Yeah. So everywhere around where the blood loss was, was still warm. Rigor mortis hadn't set in yet, so it hadn't been hours. Just uh, a very scary scene I'm sure to walk upon at 340 in the morning. But then even as a doctor and you show up, you're like, okay, dead body. You guys say it's kind of bad. And then you see this, these two stabs in this throat and you're like, oh, fuck. That's a lot of blood. When did this happen? And then you start feeling her extremities. Like, wait, she's still warm. Did anybody see who
0: did this? Nobody saw who did it. Looking around for a fucking blood trail. Yeah. And And anything anything. and everything, a weapon, like anything that that they could determine to try to give them some types of clues. This was also at a time, um, uh, I think it was 1894. We should have probably provided a graphics warning in this. We're going to get pretty graphic as much so as we, I don't want to get like insanely graphic and everything like that because some of this shit is kind of. Weirdly enough, like some of this is kind of fucked with my head this week during stunning. I don't have the serial killer resilience that you have at this point. So some of this stuff to me was just like like I could feel myself kind of like turn my head a little bit when I was having to hear this.
1: Yeah, we can go to that limit. I'll let you set the parameters on how deep we go just because it's a... I, it's really gross and it's really gruesome, but I also think part of it's sort of necessary to really. Oh yeah,
0: to let the pattern and everything. Yeah. it's definitely necessary. So, what, aside from the the cut to the throat, and that's what they determined to be her cause of death, was essentially just like because as soon as you cut that the windpipe divert the like in the carotid artery artery in the neck, you bleed that ble- bleed. You bleed out, but you also can't make any noise. Mm -hmm. So essentially he's taking and silencing these women like almost immediately with the first action he's doing.
1: Yeah, cut the vocal cords.
0: Yep. And was anything else actually done to her or was it just essentially the neck wound?
1: Oh, no. Um, Since we don't like, I don't know. uh, She was stabbed in the vagina two times.
0: Okay, there you go.
1: So um, this kind of surprised me a little bit. Beyond the fact that it was somebody who stabbed a woman in the pussy two times, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't okay because you probably like when I see that kind of stuff I kind of move on. When you say stabbed, I'm not trying to be like weird or morbid. Shout out to morbid also, great podcast yeah, those and everything. Are the two awesome. ladies that, that handle that. Um, was it more of a like she's on her back and it's down into that area, or is it like a thrust as thrust thrust going up and in? Okay, you yeah. um, know, in, in a phallic. Motion okay. sense,
1: oh, okay. yes. Uh, the thing that kind of makes me curious is this was uh, Marianne was a woman of the night, she was out there, um, working essentially, and
0: working nine <laughs> to five, <laughs> or in this situation, working yeah, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m but there's a sense to
1: me when I see that, that this wasn't like a sexually motivated crime. Like even though she was a woman of the night and she was out there essentially trying to turn tricks to make money, the initial movement towards her wasn't like a transaction gone wrong or anything like that.
0: Yes. Oh, oh, 100%. This, it wasn't like something where she was like, well, that'll be like five pence. And he was like five pence. And they went, it was somebody that based upon what we'll discuss was obviously, in their own psychotic way, had to be a decently intelligent person, and knew who to go after in order to go ahead and try to essentially remain uncaught.
1: Oh, well, and his his gratification in the process wasn't of a sexual nature. Like, he still got off on this, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like he was... uh, Rape. Raping these women, Uh, and then
0: yeah where well, it was about the only thing he fucking did not do, yeah, which just
1: it's shocking that that's almost a plus for this guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, she was
0: also had her abdomen cut, correct
1: um yes, i and I got kind of confused with some of this. Is there a difference between a stomach and an abdomen,
0: same, okay, same deal, all right. Yeah, so she had the... I think when they say stomach, the stomach is in reference to the actual stomach itself, whereas the abdomen is just that abdomen area where area. you also hold all of your other organs. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so
1: she had the knife wounds to the throat uh, done in a very expert way with a very sharp knife. She had her abdomen cut open, and she was also, again, stabbed in the, um, the pleasure maker. So... After we get done with that very quick turnaround, um, September 8th, 1888, Ann Chapman, her body was found around 6 a.m. on Hanbury Street. She was last seen around 5.30 in the morning. Again, pretty close to these times that are happening. You have maybe a half hour window for this to happen. She was seen with a man in a dark overcoat and a deerstalker hat. That was the only like eyewitness account, but she actually was seen by someone speaking to a man. The eyewitness that saw them said that she would heard a short conversation that ended with Chapman saying
0: yes. Yeah, he said like, "Will you?" And she said yes.
1: Yeah. So essentially, this could have been it's him like a gesture trying- to her,
0: crotch, like, "Will you?" And she's like,
1: "Yes." Yeah. Uh, so under the guise of prostitution, looking, I got to make that score. Yeah. He has to try
0: to get this woman away to kill her. So again, you said last scene... 530 mm-hmm. outside. And I think the address it was in a backyard in this place called Spittlefields, which is basically a neighborhood. If you're thinking of like a big city, like think of like, you know, there's boroughs or there's like districts and stuff. But then also within that, there's like a little area also. Yeah, that covers blocks shit or like streets that. and stuff like that. So the Spittlefields is this area within Whitechapel. And I think it was outside twenty nine. I can't remember what the address was, but it was twenty-nine something. And she was found in the backyard of that house that she was out in front of when she was found at 6 a.m.
1: So she was probably looking for a
0: dark, quiet place to turn the, the trick. The guy that found her, um, what happened is he was getting up and apparently people were getting up at all times. The, I'm guessing like to go outside and like dump the piss buck. I don't know how plumbing even worked at this point. Oh, but like... He gets up, he goes down, I think he was living up with his family up on... And again, there's people living in these houses, all three stories of this house. He comes down from like the third floor, he's going out the back, into the backyard, and he said something about the backyard latch and the gate not operating, because people would use the backyard as like a shortcut to go through it and like out to the street um, on the other side. Yeah. But again, there's no... It's fi- Like, people aren't usually awake at this time, and if it's awake... Maybe a candle. There's no light. And that's what's also fucking nuts about this kind of stuff is once we get into more of the details and when he gets more elaborate, a la this one right here, (laughs) it's all being done in the fucking dark. And it's all being done in such a short amount of time that that had to have been like, uh, as an investigator, a medical examiner being like, when did you fucking find her? Yeah. And then them determining how long she'd possibly been dead. But then imagine like getting the report like. No, we have an eyewitness that says 30 minutes. He's like, 30 fucking minutes? It took me 15 to get here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the amount of time that it takes to commit these murders is just so quick. And not only that, but then the getaway. The getaway is just as important as what you're doing and the time that you're taking to murder these women. N-
0: not only the getaway, but like, dude, like, you're like the blood. Like, you've, it's got, and again, that's why the dark coat comes in and everything like that. Because, again, you're only having people see you as you pass by these lights. So, if you just want to dart around... Yeah. But also, you have to be in a situation where someone doesn't spot you covered in blood being like... And that was the other thing, too. They said apparently that wasn't that uncommon to see people walking around with blood on them. Because there were people coming back from like butchering shops and stuff like that. They were going home for the night that had been working on fucking carcasses all day. So, it wasn't like outside the norm. Again, I think this was just a thing where if you were walking... Anywhere, especially at night, you had your fucking eyes ahead of you. You were trying to get it there as quickly as possible and not fucking end up offending anybody by looking at him and having someone be like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. yeah that,
0: especially not someone covered in fucking blood.
1: That's not the guy you want to run into.
0: So what happened with
1: Annie? Um. So yeah, Annie's undoing was pretty rough. She had the trademark slits to each of the side of her neck uh, down to her vertebrae again. Her stomach was sliced open. Uh, part of her small intestine was actually pulled out and strung over her shoulder. The uh, Placed above the right
0: shoulder, as they described it.
1: Yeah. Uh, her uterus was taken out. This is an interesting point for me. Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, part of her bladder and
0: vagina were removed. Mm-hmm. That's pretty... And when we say removed, when we say taken out, taken out implies that it's still there. That you can account for it. When we say removed... It is not to be found. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as like what they determined at this point, I think they called in another guy. His name was Dr. George Phillips. And I think he kind of then is like the preeminent guy that's, because at this point they established that it's, you know, could be a serial killer, the same guy. He becomes like the main medical guy in regards to this. Um, But he determined that anatomical knowledge was needed to be able to perform what he did. Fucking duh. (laughs) Like if, and I know that you know the vast majority of people have never like seen the inside of somebody or anything like that. And good on you. Yeah, good for good for you. Um, I've been a participant in a gutting of an animal, of an elk, when I was younger and everything. And when you see everything, it's all kind of close to the same color, where it's this weird pale grayish and and everything sits very close together and in order you can't just reach in and grab something it's slit like you have to know where shit is and when they say removed like it's not just like like it's removed like like almost surgically removed and they said that the blade had to be roughly between like six they were able to determine that the blade would have to be like six to eight inches in in order to do that that's the weapon that had been being used
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a a really gruesome thought to have to know that those pieces had to be taken out by a human that knew, you know, where they were and why he wanted to take them out. And how
0: did he find out where they, knew where they were? Of course, you would have, you could read an anatomy book or you can do, you know, that was available at that time, especially someone, and we'll get into theories and everything like that, but you basically have someone who, when they're identified the people that identified him were able to kind of identify his, what would like the air about him was that he was at least like not well to do, but good enough that maybe he shouldn't have been like out at that, like, like a, a man of like somewhat means having somewhat. The know, murder profile
1: means. fits somebody who has an education, which yes, is, which would require lacking. you
0: thinking and you would somewhat think money or access to yeah. that type of like education or that type of profession. But yeah. So, I mean, to, to know how to do that, but then to do that in such a short amount of time, it's fucking crazy. And, you know, to describe kind of where her body was, it was literally like right out the door and down a couple stairs. They said that also there was a neighbor who had kind of come outside at that point in the house next door mm-hmm. and had heard someone say something, maybe heard a no, and then heard like a thump against the gate. And it was—I just imagine it was one of those situations where he walks out. He hears no a thump against the gate, and then just in one motion, does the turnaround, <laughs> and just right back in the house. He's like, "Nope, not dealing with that shit."
1: I can live with the uh, bedpan
0: because at no point in, especially at this time, is there a fucking good Samaritan type shit yeah. going on in Whitechapel. So it's like, you know what? I didn't hear anything, and is, and and we're not done. No, no,
1: we're not even halfway. Fun. The uterus part of this seems fairly interesting to me because that's not really something that you would think um, would be, like, something to remove unless you're trying to maybe prove a point with these women. Yeah. Um, That kind of interested me a little bit just because it's such a a weird thing to want to remove. I'm not going to say, like, it's not weird to remove an organ from a human being. But to remove that section of a prostitute. A female
0: specific organ. It's not kidneys. It's not a liver. It's not something like that. It's, you know, he's targeting women. But you can also see that the reason he's targeting women isn't just for, you know, it's probably, you know, part of it is I can get to these women easier. There's a way for me to have these women approach me you know, and not have it seem like I'm just not another fucking client or something like that. I'm also able to overpower these women. It's another, you know, the biggest determining factor is that they are women, not the characteristics of how easy it was to get to women at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, they he had his M.O. was being able to prey on, which is still an M.O. that serial killers use pretty frequently today. There's not as many of them, but I'm sure they're still out there. Uh, I think of serial killers today, like you think of aliens, like they got to be out there somewhere <laughs>
0: <laughs> that they still exist. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's isn't the statistic for murder still like shockingly fucking low for,
1: murders in this country. Yeah. Um, but
0: <laughs> we go, this seems like a different break. And well, before we get to what's known as the double event on September 25th, that's when a letter is received, essentially oh, by the media in London. Yeah, called, I was
1: going to break down everything after the murders. As okay, far as that goes. I just want
0: to mention this just because of this is where the name Jack the Ripper is finally kind of assigned to it and everything. So this letter is received, and again, this ledger letter is allegedly written by the notorious Victorian serial killer. But it was addressed to the Central News Agency of London, which there's a whole bunch of publications and things like that. Um, but it was essentially then given to like Scotland Yard or forwarded like on September 29th. But basically, here's the contents of the letter. It says, Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. Leather apron was a guy that was brought in for questioning. He was a shoemaker bootmaker. A bootmaker, which means he had access to knives and everything, the kind of which could be used in this scenario for, like, trimming leather and all that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, they said something about, like, there had been something about a leather apron prior to them looking into him. Like, someone had tried to make, like, an eyewitness account or said they saw someone wearing a leather apron, like, leaving a crime scene or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, I guess we can get into this stuff. We don't
0: have to. We'll get to him when we get to the suspects. I'm just letting him know who Leather Apron was. He was a suspect that they had actually identified prior to this letter being sent. So he's basically saying the joke about Leather Apron like they got the wrong guy, which they discovered they did. I'm down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them until I do get buckled. Grand work on the last job was, I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do, I shall clip a lady's ear off and send to the police officers just for the jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away, if I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Oh, don't mind giving me the trade name. P.S., wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands curse it no luck yet they say I'm a doctor now haha it's part of that that doesn't make sense
1: with the letter Um, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters that were sent in during this whole entire thing especially after this first dear boss letter comes in but One thing that gives me pause is they talk about, besides the many spelling errors that Mm -hmm. were actually in it, um, when he talks about keeping the blood in the bottle and he was going to use it to write and then it got too thick on him.
0: Like he was shocked that it got too thick. Yeah, don't
1: you feel like a doctor or somebody smart would understand that blood coagulates outside the body?
0: I feel like someone who had to do enough research and I feel like in order for him to, you know, Remove these body parts that he is in this amount of time. It's a, a, a hand. It's a practice thing. He's had to have practiced it on at least a human. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to. It would seem like you would have to do that. You would have to have real world practice, and for someone to not know. Having practiced that, the blood left out congeals and is not usable when you're, it's on your table and stuff like that. That to me, and I think this is the letter that is, um, they determined was written by one of the editors or something like that.
1: It's it, gone back and forth. It's gone
0: back and forth, but it makes a lot of sense just because it comes along at a time also when now you have an identified serial killer and you're wanting to create something newsworthy. It, it's fucking crazy to think that, like, journalists were even attempting, you know, or possibly doing that at the time, to, like, sensationalize this.
1: Uh, it was, this was the talk of the town. You have these two murders that were just so gruesome that when the
0: media got a hold of it, they needed an animal to feed. Here's the it, what
1: it, What's the old saying? If it bleeds,
0: it leads? Yeah. And here's the other thing, too. What's kind of weird about this is it mentions the ear. And let's go ahead and now get into the double event and see now why there is... This, this letter is kind of held on to with some belief that it may have been written to him just simply because of this detail, which is very fucking specific.
1: Yeah, the, the night of the double event. Um, this will be murders three and four in the canonical five. Um, the first woman, her name was Elizabeth Stride. This took place September 30th, 1888. A Sunday. Elizabeth Stride's body was found on Burner Street around 1 a.m., uh, this guy named Louis Deem Schultz, Diem Schultz uh, discovered the body in the street thinking that it was a passed out woman until he noticed that there was actually a pool of blood leading from her. Um, he ran to a bar that was really close in the area. And I guess it must have been like a bar and like a boarding house or something like mm-hmm. that because he wanted to go in and check on his wife
0: to make sure that she was OK. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That was going to be that's going to be the next one. That's going to be the one that. It's not Deem Shits. Was he the one? Oh, okay. The other one was found at Joseph Lanell. That's the right. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. So Deem Schultz went in, uh, made sure that his wife was okay, he was talking to some guys inside. He's like, hey, there's a dead lady outside. It was like, nah, she's probably just passed out in the streets. Like, no, no, no. I, I'm pretty sure she's dead. So everybody walks outside. Um, they realize that this blood that's coming out of her is coming out in massive amounts.
0: It's still flowing from the wound.
1: Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's still that fresh. Um, our body was found with just a single six inch incision across her throat. Again, very similar to these first two murders that happened. Um, but the thing about it was, was we saw the murders escalating. We saw the stabbings of the first lady in her abdomen slit. We saw that just brutal job that he did on the second woman. But there weren't any other wounds on her body. So it sort of became uncertain as to whether
0: this was something that could be tied to Jack. Well, and the thing, too, is she was seen by a police constable named William Smith, saw her at 1235 a.m. with a man near what's called the International Working Men's Education Club. And the man carried a package like either wrapped in newspaper or like shipping paper that was about 18 inches long. And that also becomes like a theme of someone else that saw something similar as well during another of the events or another of the murders. And this dock worker saw a woman he thought was stride speaking with a man at like between 1235 and 1245. Now, again, he thought it was her, but again, if the police constable saw at 1235, let's go with that as the common one. Because even then with the body being found at 1am by Lewis, and I think they said he was driving like a cart. He had like a horse drawn cart Mm -hmm. when he rode into like this little courtyard, this dark courtyard. Again, He's got maybe – uh he didn't even have a lantern on the cart. No. Because he saw the horse started to veer to the side like it wouldn't keep walking. And he looked and he thought it was like a tarp on the ground and he went to poke it with the whip and found out it was a woman and then had to light a match and get – can you imagine have to fucking light a match and get close enough to <laughs> see, see what the see. fuck it is?
1: It, they said um... – one of the theories as to why the horse pulled over, because I guess it pulled the cart over far enough to where it was rubbing against like a sidewall. Mm -hmm. So after he stops it, but they say that a potential theory would be a man running in front of the horse into the shadows
0: might have spooked it and turned it. Or just a presence over to that side. Yeah. Because horses have good vision, even in dark and everything. If senses. Well, and here's the big thing. Interrupted in the act. Because this one fit, how she was killed, but then the timing of it, if someone, you know, he, you know, Jack the Ripper has her in a, in a dark courtyard, he doesn't suspect, especially, you know, he's probably listening, but if he's not seeing light approaching or anything like that, he hears the clop of horse hooves coming toward him. If he just steps back and away and everything like that, and that horse just senses him over to that side or kind of like yeah. against a tree, I don't know what the courtyard looked like. And then veers to that side because those horses were trained to walk down the street and not hit people. All he has to do as soon as that guy goes to the side is then he just slips right out from behind it and and leaves. But she's considered essentially part of the canonical vibe because of the method she was killed. And because of kind of the timing with her, you know, body still warm, blood flowing from the wound. They determined that she had just, she was only had been, you know, dead or dying for, for minutes right before that
1: just that close they were that close to running on to well
0: fuck like what was that guy what was fucking Lewis gonna do can you imagine that like if Jack was he's like okay well I can get away with this and everything but had Lewis turned and like he was there and discovered him you know that guy's fucking dead too
1: I don't know I know that it sounds weird to think that he wouldn't clean up like that, but I don't think that his M.O. was kill everybody that was going to no, see him. No, no, him. to
0: stop from being discovered. Yeah,
1: I I, st- I don't even know if discovery was that much of a concern for really? him. Really? Yeah, and later on um, in another one of the letters that we'll read is kind of what makes me think that, but it's he was like a single mission man, and I don't think it really mattered what happened after he got that first fix, which also... The reason this is called the double event is because this was just the first event of
0: unfinished business that he had had the second go around. Exactly. Well, what do you do if you fail the first time? Fuck it. I got the rest tonight. It's only 1 a.m. I can try again. Well, 45 minutes later in a corner of what's called Meter Miter Square. It's a 12 minute walk from the location of where Elizabeth Stride was found. Three quarters of a mile. Three quarters of a mile. That's it. <laughs> Catherine, is it Eddowes? Eddowes? Uh Edows Edows is found by police constable Edward Watkins less than 10 minutes after she was figured to have been killed.
1: She was the only victim that was ever found in London City proper.
0: Yeah, it was like City of London, London City, something like that that was considered... The Metro
1: Police coverage section. area.
0: Yeah, And... What's even more insane about this is now, again, we start to get to the escalation for the mutilation of the bodies. I can't believe I just said mutilation of the bodies. So we get her left kidney and most of her uterus removed. Again, gone. Not there anymore. Her face is disfigured in a ton of ways, uh, like triangles drawn on the cheeks to point up to the eyes. The eyelids slit. Her nose was cut off, correct?
1: Yep. Yep. Cheeks were slashed. Eyelids were actually... What they consider peeled, which is really scary. Um, part of her, le- or her, yeah. So her left kidney was removed, like you said. Uh, most of the uterus, like you said. Um, she also had the uh, intestines that were slung over her shoulder as well. Of course. Um, and she had the trademark
0: slit ear to ear. So, also, what, again. What was also removed? Her kidney. No, no, no. Her right earlobe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they – it seemed like it was removed at the time. They found it. That's what I'm saying is when they were (laughs) moving her body, and I don't know if they ended up finding it when they got her back for like an autopsy or anything, when they started to peel off the clothes and everything, the fucking ear fell out of like – so was he fucking cutting off the ear and all of a sudden he got spooked or he he dropped it and lost it, tangled in – but that's where like going back to the letter, the Dear Boss letter – the ear was clipped. I don't know if the intention was to take it or leave it where it was in the clothes or anything like that, but it's still, it's different from the last one. Yeah. And it's so specific to the letter. It's, it's... Well... And, there's enough, it's like enough kernels of truth, uh-huh. but such specific ones. Like, how did they fucking know that?
1: When we get to the rest of the... um kind of police information and evidence and talk about the saucy Jackie letter. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll we'll get back to that earlobe. Just very interesting that that's what happened. Well, and um, then a
0: piece of her apron, her like blood-soaked apron, was found below like a chalk inscription on a wall. How far away was that? It was...
1: It wasn't... I think it was like 30 feet away. Um, the inscription on the wall... And this is gonna be something that maybe you can explain to me, because I'm not really sure which way it leans. But it says the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Does that mean that if this potentially had something to do with it, that this was a Jewish man who killed this woman in order to
0: be blamed? Or see, that doesn't that (laughs) that's what someone would write? When they don't know how to like, that what they're saying does not completely counteract what they're having to try to have it say. So basically it's like saying, hey, just so you know, the man murdering all these women's Jewish, he's like, we will not give, you know, we will not, what was, what was the wording? But he's basically like, we will not give you guys, not, not give you guys a reason to blame us for something. Yeah, it, like it, makes it can no be read sense. so many different ways. It can, but I think the simplest way to read it is it's someone trying to make it look like it's someone Jewish doing this.
1: It, yeah, and I, I don't know if it was that or being like, uh, this ain't us. Like, we will be blamed for nothing here. This wasn't us. Like that. why would anyone write that? Why
0: would the guy like...
1: Maybe because he didn't, he wanted a little bit more credit.
0: I don't, it's so confusing me, it. I don't know how to look at it. Um,
1: either way, when the uh, London Metro Police show up, there's a guy that's put in front of it. Um, they want to keep it for one of the sergeants to come out and take a look at it. And at kind least of, to
0: like photograph it or something. Yeah,
1: to make do, but it wasn't light enough for a photograph,
0: mm-hmm. so they were kind of watching. The other thing too is like, I know that forensics probably didn't reach the point of, what do they call it when they match handwriting, handwriting analysis, whatever it is. They had that. Okay. But at the same time, wanting to take that first letter that they had received and also any additional letters that they were probably, again, receiving, like you said, a hundred, you know, hundreds came in and everything. But that makes a lot of sense rather than just like, hey, take it down as a transcript versus the guy that was actually in charge of the scene, forcing them to fucking actually like hose it down and remove it. And like the other guy Um, was like, shouldn't we fucking get a picture of this shit first?
1: Funny that you said it, use that wording, because when the guy showed up to make sure that they needed to get a picture of it, he actually got concerned that if they ever published the picture, it would cause anti-Jewish sentiment to happen and cause riots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
0: he went ahead and erased it before they got a picture of it.
1: <laughs> so or before
0: people came out and saw it. Again, it's fucking 1 a.m. There's not a lot of yeah. light.
1: Well, I'm sure by the time it was a few hours later to get any sort of light or anything like that. But he didn't want it to cause any more issues because, again, they were trying to keep these flames fanned down of this sort of, like, racial semi-war that was going on in White... uh, White Hill?
0: White Chapel. White Chapel, Jesus. So, now we're up to four.
1: Yeah, um... We get another eyewitness too to this one, um, that Joseph Launday that we were talking about. Um, he saw a fair-haired, medium-built, poorly dressed man that was with Catherine uh, before she was before she went missing. So, not quite. I mean, I guess we get a little bit more than the first guy that was seen in the coat and the uh, deer dick hat or whatever it's called.
0: Deer stalker hat. Deer stalker hat. That's Deer dicker the one. hat.
1: But we know that
0: this guy says medium build, poorly dressed. Um, Wouldn't it make sense, like, just from a, like, not to have, like, a murder uniform? Yeah. And and go out maybe in something different to throw off any eyewitness accounts? Uh, he also says
1: fair-haired, and that'll come into play kind of differently from some of the other eyewitnesses. Wearing a hat,
0: so you could tell, like by the back of his neck, yeah. or by like a beard or something like that. Could but have been. like the reports also had this guy like wearing his hat down low, so people couldn't get a good look at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, well luckily, before before that, so like before the final one, because I as he keeps kind of like trying to write into the media and do that kind of stuff, we do get to the saucy Jackie letter, which. Yeah. As far as the Saucy Jackie letter goes, it was like a little, was it a postcard, I guess? It was a little postcard. Mm -hmm. And basically, it reads as, I was not caught in Daryl, boss, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jackie's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit, couldn't finish straight off. Had no time to get ears off for police. Thanks for keeping the last letter back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. The timing of this was a little suspect because... It's on that board. Okay. It But it was postmarked more than 24 hours after the killings took place and long after many details were known by journalists. And the letter to me... No, no, no. We don't have to put it up yet. That's okay. just
1: the, where it was. But the letter Days.
0: deviates... In just, like, the tone of it. Like, yeah, it still states, like, old boss, like he's writing into, like, is he addressing the editor, I guess, when he says old boss?
1: Yeah, it's sort of like an American expression, I think, that they maybe didn't quite catch on to. Um, But uh, it sort of strikes the same tone, because he ended the Dear Boss letter with a ha-ha, correct? No,
0: just uh, back to like uh, I believe
1: there was a ha-ha in the PS. Was there? Yeah. Hmm. Um and then you get him calling himself saucy jack. Like just the fact that he's still trying to inject like a little fun and humor for the way that he's doing it, um, just seems sort of interesting as far as he still kind of struck the same tone. And it was almost more of like a
0: playful Exactly, but what that says to me is if it's the same tone as the first and the first was written by the journalist then it makes sense that the first match is the tone because either it's that or after they publicize that first letter, then actually Jack the Ripper is adopting the tone like a, a false tone.
1: Yeah. Um, there is a decent chance of that um, from hell. will sort of tie it all together for me. Uh, we can save the fr- from hell. Well, that'll that's a part of the evidence with,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll save the from hell because that one way. is definitely the one I believe most. Yeah, and, and all three
1: handwritings matched up.
0: Oh, did they really? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so that sort of adds a little bit of an element to okay, it. Okay, well, we'll get it in the second. So we come to our fifth and final, or fifth and final as far as the canonical mm-hmm. five go. And, well, unfortunately, Mary Kelly got it the worst. Mm, and I bet not her name you-
1: Mary Jane. Oh, Mary
0: Jane Kelly. There we go. Poor Mary Jane. This was, I I don't know if this was supposed to be the magnum opus of this guy. And I bet you're wondering, well, how can you get it worse than these other women have and everything? It can get fucking worse. Yeah. And so she was found on November 9th. I think it was around like 1045. She was found by um, like the landlord assistant of her building. She had actually been uh, living Convoyer. in. Yep. She had been living in a like a single bedroom um, prior to this, she was living with like a boyfriend, I think for a while. And then she had invited another, like one of her lady of the night friends and for shelter and everything like that. She was staying with them. He was like, I can't deal with this shit anymore. And he ended up leaving. And so without that source of income and everything like that, him working, she had to again, turn back to one of the things that she knew could earn her money. So she started working nine to five again.
1: Yeah. Skin merchant style. Mm
0: hmm. And so I mean she she was heard singing loudly in her room and she yeah, the you know,
1: timeline is so weird on this. And here's
0: the thing is there's people in this place at all times. So like there's people hearing her singing because again these aren't like soundproof walls and everything like that. So she was seen throughout essentially a large portion of that day and then very very close up until the point when she had essentially invited Jack in. Yeah. And so she was singing in a room. She was seen soliciting a man on the street a little after two a.m. by a neighbor. So somebody that knew her mm-hmm. personally. And the man was described to have dark hair, pale complexion, small mustache, and bushy eyebrows.
1: So we have dark hair, mm-hmm. but the last eyewitness account was fair hair. Unless it was just like a
0: beard or something. I don't know. That's the thing, man. Too, well, um, if you're if you've got a hat on. And you're only seeing, you know, I was thinking about this too. When you get even a darker haired person, when you get them, you know, with short, the shorter hair on the back of their neck, depending on what their hairstyle is, it can look light because you're seeing the skin underneath it. And again, man, these are people that are seeing them under fucking like lamp lights from possible distances away. Like a lot of stuff could, could look differently. I mean, but this is definitely the same guy.
1: Yeah, I, but
0: but here's the thing: the descriptions. That's why also it's fucking hard to catch him because people don't know what the fuck they really saw.
1: Yeah, whether he there were some people that described him as genteel, which I believe is gentile, like the fair the same thing. Well, gentile is and not Jewish.
0: There no, there I actually no. It's as, I knew what you're saying because like Jews and Gentiles and everything. Yeah. But gentile would mean someone like of like a higher standing class.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah so maybe okay, learn something there. Um. Yeah, after that, there was, and this goes to just point out how bad this white We're going to go to the dark was.
0: place. We're going to go to the darkness for a second.
1: Yeah, um, at 4 a.m., one of her neighbors was awakened by a scream of, oh, murder. And the lady thought about it
0: for a little bit, and then she just rolled right back over and went to sleep. <laughs> Which do you think it was like, okay, so I see this one in two ways. I see, like, do you think she said, like, oh, murderer? like as he like would go or like do you think because apparently the reason was ignored the reason that it was ignored and apparently this had to be kind of corroborated was apparently the shout of oh murder in Whitechapel <laughs> late at night was not that fucking uncommon it was so uncommon that when she used the excuse of I heard oh murder but I'd heard it so much that I just kind of ignored it the cops were like okay makes sense and so yeah 4 a.m., neighbor hears her actually being murdered. It's just like, uh got to get up early for work tomorrow. I got to be awake in two hours. This bitch better quiet down. hmm And so the police theory was that she was killed in her room between 3 and 4 a.m. When he found when Tom Boyer went to go collect rent from her, he couldn't get through the door or anything like that. He had to go to the window. Which I guess had been broken through like, a
1: previously d- broken by a
0: domestic uh, disturb a domestic yeah. <laughs> incident between her and her boyfriend. She I think he like unlashed it through the broken part yep. and then like pulled the curtain aside, didn't even go in, but saw what was on the bed and was like, "Fuck this. gotta go get the uh, this is above my pay grade. gotta mm-hmm. go get boss."
1: She comes back, or he goes back, gets boss. They come back. He points through the window like, holy shit, look in there. Uh, They see her body laying dead in the middle of her bed. We'll get to why this was so shocking here in a second. Um, The plan that the police had come up with was the use of bloodhounds, which... Not the worst idea ever. I mean, this was probably the stinkiest place on earth at that point in time. So maybe bloodhounds wouldn't have been the best at picking up a scent and being able to carry it to find it. Because there's so many other terrible odors. Unless
0: these bloodhounds were just specifically trained for blood. That's what I'm saying is what they would do is introduce them to the scents of blood. Yeah. That were at the crime scene. Yeah, but the bloody lady that's inside is going to be dead. Correct. But their thing was that if they then took them out and around the building they would then try to follow that Not And if they start heading away from the building, they were on that trail. Yeah. So that was the whole point, was to get them acclimated with the scent of her blood. So then they could try to fan out. And well, unfortunate thing with the bloodhounds, hadn't they sold them to people?
1: Uh, I thought they didn't have the time to get there because as the police started to show up, yes, they they had to, to go wait. get
0: them from the people that the police had sold them oh, to. Yeah. And that's okay. why they were late getting there. Go ahead and describe it, because I don't really feel like doing it.
1: Yeah, that's why I had to pour me a little whiskey, because this one gets a little rough. Um, yeah, her body was found laying in the middle of her bed.
0: Her, uh, the, the main portion of her body.
1: <laughs> well, I think... Yeah, oh, main portion. That uh, makes sense. Um, the skin of from her abdomen uh, all the way down her thighs to her knees had been removed, so essentially skinned like you would do to a fish. Um, that skin was mostly piled up on a table that was away from the body. She had been disemboweled, so she had basically had everything in her frontal cavity taken out.
0: She had her hand placed inside the cavity, correct? Yep.
1: Um, both of her breasts were cut off, her arms were mutilated, her face was just
0: hacked beyond recognition. They, um, He said that he had removed <coughs> all of the meat from her femur. Yeah. Did I say meat?
1: Yeah. Okay, Well, that's what
0: it was. I'm trying to disassociate from it. Um, had removed all of her skin and muscle and everything like that from her femur to where it was like just down to the bone. Um, yeah, all he- the tissues from her neck were severed down to the bone, so you could
1: actually see that everything was exposed. And again, this is just a, a fucking a brutal, brutal sight. So I'm going to try to skim past some other things, but there were. If some you're really of-
0: interested, there's an actual fucking legitimate picture. Yeah, they took a crime scene photo of this even in black and white and even scrolling (laughs) past it, I did not appreciate the picture itself. The fact that he also, it wasn't just the removal or like the, the, taking out of stuff yeah it was the fact that he had like ritually placed it he still did like the intestine thing over the shoulder but then he did like the liver and one of her fucking like breasts down by her feet between her legs yep. uh, something like the something left was breast p- and i believe um was, it was tucked p- up under her head yep and everything and heart was missing left lung was
1: torn um her uterus and kidneys were both removed again just a, a real brutal
0: sight untouched uh, what was untouched
1: what well, wasn't touched? The eyes. Uh yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the weird part of the eyes, but uh, the other thing that they noticed in a room was that there was a fire going, and there were like rags and clothes, mm-hmm. women's clothes that were burned in the fire. So they don't know if maybe that was him either trying to get away from evidence, or it was actually her. Trying I don't think to he's concerned her her with fucking
0: evidence. I think what it was is he was trying to create enough light to see what he was doing in there. Yeah. They said that at some point he had used something like an accelerant or some type of fuel in the fire because it had got to the point where it was so hot it melted the solder on the kettle that was keeping the spout oh, attached to the main body okay. of the kettle and it had actually fallen off and it had got so hot so he was just basically trying to stoke this fire enough to create so much light in this room that he could see doing all of this fucking horrendous shit and to have that like inside that room i don't they don't know what he was burning in there and the fact that it was still burning so hot And everything like that, because didn't, did they say that it had burned? It was still burning when they got in there? Yep. Not burning, burning, but there were still flames in the heart. But yeah, but the fact to have stuff in there between like to pack a fire enough to where it's burning from possibly four o'clock up to fucking, yeah, 10 or nine or 10. That's fucking insane, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know if ritual,
1: I mean, it's certainly, I'm not saying that it's not the right word to use. But I think we finally got to see what Jack wanted when he just had an unlimited amount of
0: time of knowing that he wasn't going to hear That's get what I'm saying. I feel like this was he, like his, his the crescendo. His
1: magnum opus, almost, of being able to place things where he wanted to. He was going to make this the was worst his masterpiece. scene possible. Yeah.
0: Because and, this was the last time that essentially this MO is is followed. Yeah. He, I mean, murder keeps happening and everything like that, but... It it never never like this.
1: No, no, not to this kind of brutal extent. Um their investigation was so it's gonna sound so minimal. Um but leather apron that you had talked about earlier, John Pizer. Um he this was after Mary Nichols' murder, so after the first one. Yeah, so after the first one. Um the police are going around, they're talking to local ladies of the night um in the area trying to see if there's anybody that seems like they were somebody who would do such a thing. Uh, everybody keeps saying Leather Apron. Mm-hmm. They don't know who Leather Apron is. They say that Leather Apron comes up to them, holds a knife up to their neck, uh, basically extorts them for all of their money, goes about his day. All they know about him is that he wears the deer...
0: Deer stalker hat. Deer
1: stalker hat, mm-hmm. and that he wears a Leather Apron. Um so he was first
0: mentioned Perfect on the news. for preventing those pesky blood splatters.
1: Yeah. He was first mentioned on the news September 1st. Uh, so once
0: the people get a Again, hold. Again, just under investigation. Like, So think of it this way. That would be like if we had like the OJ thing. And when he was just first even a suspect, if he had been plastered all over the news. Well, in this situation, OJ did it. But that's essentially why you now have things like this. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, between it was, like, the merging together of fucking serial killer and, like, journalism and news and everything that now you have these things in place because of shit that happened like this. Because when they do talk to John Pizer, because he ended up, like, when they found out, when he found out that they were looking at him as a suspect, he fucking like booked it and disappeared.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he said that his brothers told him to make haste and get
0: out of there cuz they weren't just going to eventually want to question him. They were going to look and see, you know. Not only that, but if somebody wanted to just take revenge and be the hero that killed Jack the Ripper, yeah. Someone could have just came in there and killed him and then been like, "Well, you guys said he was the the prime suspect, so I, you know, I was just defending myself. He tried to attack me." Definitely could
1: have. Um he was finally arrested nine days later september 10th uh when he was questioned he gave two alibis for the nights of the first two murders because by september 10th we had already had a second Mm -hmm. murder um and both the alibis are corroborated he wasn't in the area for either one of them so he ends up being let go september 11th um he had said that he was a bootmaker that's why he had knives and they questioned him about it they asked him about his leather work He said that, or his leather apron. Mm -hmm. He said that he had to wear that in his shop all the time. They asked him about the extortion.
0: He said he didn't know anything about that. (laughs) Of course. Um, That I do. But murder. (laughs) Yeah. How how am I supposed to extort these women if I'm killing them? Yeah. I I can't get any money if I'm doing the murdering. Uh, So
1: as you mentioned, Dear Boss Letter was sent to the Central News Agency September 27th. It doesn't end up reaching the police until two days later, mm-hmm. like you said this was jack's the mention of his his sort of uh moniker, Jack the Ripper um saw so see jack letter saw so see Jackie letter that you read was postmarked um October first eighteen eighty eight which was postmarked the day after September thirtieth, which was the double event, correct, so you see like you mentioned in um with the ears being cut off, him saying that he didn't have time to do it. It was postmarked the day after. So essentially it probably could have been written September 30th as in the night that it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, That sort of leads me to believe that it would have been pretty hard for the post to be able to get a hold of it, get it postmarked and get it sent out that fast because you don't know when the murder is going to strike again or if he's going to strike again. So what's the rush to get that letter or that postcard in as soon as possible?
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, I mean, it can go either way. I don't have, like, a very firm stance on either side of it and everything like that. What they said about the journalist being able to acquire this information right after the investigation does make sense in a sense Mm -hmm. that, like, and this wasn't, like, the largest news agency in, like, London. This was actually, like, a smaller, just kind of starting new agency, news agency that was, like, trying to establish itself. So high risk, high reward if they do do this. But yeah. if it did end up being them doing it, it paid out in spades. Now, this last one, the From Hell letter, this is the one that essentially does it for me as far as thinking and believing that it came from from Jack the Ripper. Do you have the the letter? Yeah. I got it. So, yeah, I'll have you read it this time in your best Jack the Ripper voice. So, on April 16th, now, this was after the double event, and after, I think it was two weeks after the Saucy Jackie postcard. Now, again, this kind of, you're like, well, the double event was back on September 30th, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there was a pattern for the first events where it was like the 30th and then the 8th and then the 30th, and everyone was expecting at this point for October 8th, something to actually happen and then all of a sudden it's nothing happens and then nothing happens on the you know 30th of that month and so people started to kind of like let down their guard but these letters were still coming in so october 16th during this lull in these murders this from hell letter is received not by the news agency which is strange and again
1: um I would say it's not strange, though, because it was received by a guy named George Lusk. George Lusk was the head of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. So basically
0: like the neighborhood watch that had been formed. They had formed, yep, they had formed this Vigilance Committee to basically like patrol or to try to catch by like a civilian mob, Jack the Ripper. And so this guy was the head of it, and he was essentially provided a letter that was addressed Or addressed or postmarked from hell. If you want to go ahead and read that, it
1: also, um, one of the papers had produced uh, Lusk, like the street that Lusk lived on, Mm -hmm. but it never produced a number for the house. Mm -hmm. So it was actually just sent to the street with no number and then given to him because whoever delivered it knew that Lusk lived at that address. Gotcha. Okay. Um, the letter starts out from hell, uh, Mr. Lusk, sorry, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman preserved, uh, I didn't get the full best translation, but it says, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman preserved it for you, uh, the other piece I fried and ate, it was very nice. (laughs) I may send you the bloody knife that it took out or that it took out if you only wait a while longer. Signed and this is what I was talking about earlier. Catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. Catch me when you can isn't catch me if you can. It's catch me when you can. So mm-hmm. he I don't think was too worried about being found that he believed
0: he was going to be caught.
1: Yeah, but just I don't know how English works with this whole entire thing. Uh
0: there's no why on kidney uh, there's no E in there's the word a bunch of, preserved. There's a bunch of misspellings, but I don't know if that's in the sense of like, purposely misspelled, or like that's how they spelled certain things back then. I nice can't with an S? I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, to This me, isn't it, the
0: kicker for me. It's not so much the letter, it's what fucking came along <laughs> okay. with the goddamn yeah. letter. Uh, so, accompanying yeah. the letter was a small box that held half a human kidney. And testing the kidney confirmed that it was human and the kidney also had the characteristic of having what was the disease
1: uh tuberculosis or was
0: it cirrhosis oh it was it wasn't probably either. cirrhosis but oh bright's disease uh, okay now the distinction like it has very for a medical examiner they would be able to tell what had bright's disease coincidentally enough The third victim, or fourth? Fourth, Eddowes. Eddowes. Her kidney was taken, and she happened to have Bright's disease.
1: And it was also half of a left kidney, which is one of the kidney, or the kidney that was missing for Mm -hmm. Eddowes was Mm -hmm. her left kidney. The fact that it was half, and the fact that he said he ate the other half... Also very concerning. He packed it in wine. So he was smart enough to be able to know what he needed to preserve the kidney. To have to, a, to know what a
0: preservative was. Yeah.
1: Him. So that seems to still lean fairly towards like the intelligence side. Maybe the spelling errors were a mistake, but I don't really know if it was just a mistake in haste. Excuse me. Um, the police officers, the city police, offered a reward of 500 pounds. Uh, The Vigilance Committee offered 50 more pounds. Vigilance Committee apparently not getting a lot of money. Um, Close to 300 people ended up being investigated. There were 80 of them that were actually detained and questioned. None of it really came of it. But really the main thing that we've kind of been pounding home this whole time was Jack the Ripper was the first serial killer to get worldwide media coverage. There was coverage in America of Jack the Ripper. I don't know how soon it got over. To us, but just the fact that it was the first thing to go worldwide. Like I said earlier, he wasn't the first serial killer, but he was the first like mainstream hit all the Mm newspapers serial killer that everybody wanted to hear about. And it does make sense because, again, if it bleeds, it leads. Uh, You have a situation where the police just can't catch this guy.
0: They have no idea. And he's committing some of the most gruesome acts that are making it to these. And it's like they fucking couldn't get their heads out of their asses because... There were certain guys that were assigned to head up like what they would consider the special investigations in charge of this. Yeah. The main guy had like a nervous breakdown and was he in quit, like Quit, didn't he? He was in Switzerland on doctor's orders for like fucking rest. And then as the murders were happening, he found his way back to Paris so he could handle it from Paris. Yeah, interesting. And then you had other guys who essentially were just not good at their jobs. They were kind of hamstringing the investigation at the same time how much investigating can you do in something like this? Like it's, you know, really looking back on it, man, it's the fact that he chose to stop doing this or if something happened to him and everything like that, you know, there's speculation on all fronts, but is it just something where he, cause they weren't close. No, he could have kept doing this. They were close, but they
1: were never close enough. They had been close to him a couple times besides the last one because
0: he just not, not so much Not in catching time. him after the act, but you mean of catching in the act. Yeah. Like if you think he was going to get caught, it was going to be an instance where someone was going to stumble upon him mm-hmm. and chase him down. It wasn't going to be when someone showed up at the house of some guy and was like, you're Jack the Ripper, you're exactly. under arrest. Okay. Yeah, they weren't going to
1: put all the evidence together and form a suspect that way.
0: It was going was... to be them catching him out of luck in the act. Exactly. Then of yep. actually investigating and catching him through those means.
1: Yeah, and this was... Kind of the first time I was surprised, and it may not have been the first time, but certainly had to have been one of the primary times that this was used. But they were actually profiling suspects, looking at the way that the crimes were committed, not necessarily off of the eyewitnesses, but they're saying like a a middle-aged male.
0: um, They were putting pieces together to be like, okay, for this guy to be able to do this and to have these means – he would have to live within this vicinity and be able to travel and then get back and everything like that. And so, yeah, like you were saying, it was like, you know, FBI profiling that they do nowadays where they're building a character or a case study on this person of identifying all these traits that they have to have. Unfortunately, they just weren't able to really do enough with that information.
1: And that's why when we were talking about the, uh, 39 stab wounds to the woman before Mm -hmm. that wasn't part of the canonicals, that shows a certain sign of anger and maliciousness. What he was doing didn't sh- – it was brutal. It was way more brutal than stabbing somebody 39 times. Mm-hmm. But there was so much more thought put into what he it was, was doing. Yeah, it wasn't out of anger. It was almost out of like – It was an- premeditated and planned. Uh-huh. It wasn't a,
0: a something yeah. done in the moment
1: yeah so it, it just looks so much different, but Jack the Ripper, we still talk about him in all sorts of media outlets today. He I give myself movies. usually
0: if we're discussing something like this, I'll give myself one thing to watch yeah. that's based on it, not that's not a documentary or anything like that. And so there's actually a fucking Batman movie called Batman, like new within the last couple of years called I think Gotham by Gaslight, really? and it's one of the d c animated movies, but basically, and it's graphic. And it shows London in 1880, Bruce Wayne is there, he's operating as a vigilante known as the Batman, and Jack the Ripper is on the loose. They use the red scarf, the hat, he's killing the Batman, rogues gallery are like prostitutes and like certain characters and everything, and it follows along with that being the the villain in it. But just the simple fact that that's getting like, like you said, Sherlock Holmes, like he's been played in one way or another, and then even invented... Serial killers in movies that draw their inspiration and everything. Like, I wonder sometimes, I don't know when it was written, but like the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Like, with Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, is Mr. Hyde because he goes out and he murders prostitutes and and everything like that. Part of that even comes from, you know, the story of Jack the Ripper.
1: I could be very wrong when I say this, Sleepy Hollow.
0: No, I think you're confusing that because Johnny Depp played in From Hell, which was basically a darker fucking fucked up version of like the guy Constable Crane from Sleepy he just plays that character just much darker and much okay. more serious but even uh, going back to talking about the fucking Shanghai Noon series Shanghai Nights, when they go to London when they're chasing his sister down his sister runs into Jack the Ripper oh, and he yeah. it, she ends up kicking him off a bridge and killing him and it's like a little tongue in cheek like this is what stopped Jack the Ripper that's why he never murdered again <laughs> drastically underrated movies Mm-hmm. But they did have, like Adam was saying, close to 300 people were investigated, 80 were detained. And so we picked out just a couple of, you know, the suspects and everything. And, you know, they all all either had alibis or didn't fit the, the uh, through, profile, essentially. Through my
1: investigative work, I believe I found... Found, you think you found I, the I one? I think I found Jack the Ripper. All right, please. Like but it. I say that with zero, or with 100% confidence and just zero ability to actually believe it. Okay. But this is the, game. Ol- the only thing you that caught I find. Me in, you caught me in the right mindset. <laughs> this is the only thing that I find fun about Jack the Ripper, is just how absurd and how many people were supposed to be the killer. And kind of the bullshit thing about Jack the Ripper He's not really my favorite serial killer. I don't like to use the word favorite, but most interested in, because in 1888... He's not your
0: preferred serial killer? Yeah, preferred
1: serial killer. That works. 1888, it probably wasn't that hard to be a serial killer. Like, you could pretty much kill and move and kill and move and kill and move, and they're not going to find you, because they don't have fingerprinting.
0: Especially if you, like, I could see it much differently if you were one of these people in Whitechapel where you're in the same position as, like, these prostitutes, and you're destitute and everything like that. Because you don't have anywhere to go. But if you're, you know, a somewhat educated person with a penchant for fucking butchery and shit like that, you could just come in from the section of town that you live in. Like I said, it's an apex fucking hunter, predator coming into just basically a fucking cattle yard. And you're just like, look, at it's so easy for me to do this. It's fucking dark everywhere. Mm -hmm. I get to fucking just satisfy my fucking demon urges And there's not a lot of opportunities for them to stop me. The only thing going to be stopping me is going to be me. Yeah. So uh, my first guy. Oh, and
1: the other thing is I really can't take a whole lot seriously from anybody that is like a newly, like anybody basically within the last 25 years or even 50 years that has been blamed because it always coincides with somebody who's written a book saying that they figured out who Jack the Ripper was. So whatever their evidence is for their suspects – Just really looks shady because they're just trying to get dumb hokum evidence to try to sell their book, which sometimes does work. Mm -hmm. But uh, my guy, my first guy, Francis J. Tumblety. You know anything about Francis J. Tumblety? I probably heard about him. He's awesome. And terrible guy. Um, Born in the UK. Grew up. Awesomely terrible. (laughs) Stateside in America. Uh, Tumble T was a pretty weird guy. He was basically like a snake oil salesman. Like he was, I believe they called him like a crooked doctor. Okay. Um, traveled the world selling these bad potions. He had something called
0: uh, like, like, yeah, Dr. T's miracle elixir.
1: He sold it clears his, all your syphilis. Like Tumble T's pimple destroyer, or Tumble T's pimple popper, some okay. shit like that. Um, obviously didn't work. He was actually arrested for engaging in a homosexual encounter on November 7th, 1988 in London. Um, and while he was in custody, he heard that his name was coming up for these Ripper murders, so they were planning on questioning him.
0: Uh, he posted so he would obviously been around Whitechapel and had his name. Okay. Well, and here's some other interesting things. This motherfucker T keeps trying to sell me these, like, elixir boner pills every time I walk by this shop.
1: So he was a... Very misogynistic, had very long criminal past. Uh, so normally, they arrested
0: him after the murders?
1: Yeah, um, Yeah. November 7th. Okay. So kind of right in there. But uh, before he flees, during this whole entire time, he had been over to London a lot of other times, and he would usually stay in like London proper. Mm-hmm. But for some reason during this stay, he was actually in Whitechapel. Okay excuse me he was staying at a boarding house um comes in the night of September 30th a night that we've heard many times before uh the lady that was running the boarding house had seen that he looked like he was disheveled he came in late he went straight to his room the very next day October 1st he comes and asks if he can get his clothes laundered and she noticed that there was blood on his clothes so he was in whitechapel had blood on his clothes um very misogynistic. He had actually caught London Yard's eye and they had made a dossier Scotland on him. Or, or Scotland Yard, yeah. <laughs> Not London Yard. The, the lesser they're known They're the London leagues. Yard. Yeah, they're the minor leagues. But uh, Scotland
0: Congratulations, Yard. Congratulations, Rook. You're going from the London Yard <laughs> up to Scotland.
1: He had had a dossier on him already. He knew that Scotland Yard wanted to talk to him, so he posts bail before he goes on trial for this homosexual encounter. I guess they found him in a, the rare male brothel in London mm. when this happened. But uh, he flees to France and avoids questioning. He then takes on a an alias, fake name, comes back to the U.S. on November 24th. While he's in the U.S., uh, the New York Times runs an actual piece on him saying that... They want him back in England for questioning. Oh, shit. Of the murders. Um, He was in New York. The state police had actually kept an eye on him like they were keeping surveillance on him. They had sent a detective over from London also to try to extradite him to bring him back and to kind of keep tabs on him to see what was going on. Uh, before any of this happened, he would travel around to universities, and a part of his university show that he had was actually a full display of um, anatomical samples of the female body. So he would have women's kidneys, women's uteruses, women's organs that yeah, he I, would I get it. take yeah, to these I get, colleges. W- w-
0: women's stuff. Yeah. That's not supposed to be out.
1: Yeah. Much like the. Situation that Jack the Ripper found himself in when he was taking these organs away. Um, He he was actually arrested for three weeks before any of this happened. Uh, Before any of the murders happened? Yeah, stateside. Uh, He was arrested for three weeks and held in question because they believed that he could have been the accomplice to John Wilkes Booth in shooting Abraham Lincoln. Weird tie-in, I know. Sort of odd that he was around for that and then he might have been... In this, Um, he had friends that had been interviewed later that said that if they found out that he actually was Jack the Ripper, they wouldn't be surprised. So ultimately, it wasn't, I mean, he was never charged for it. Yeah. Um, Sort of seems like there's some evidence to it. Some of this stuff that was written on later on what was going on was a part of a book. So I'm not sure really how that falls into line,
0: but kind of interesting. Just, you know, there's a lot of, like, ties to it. There's a lot of, like, crossing of, like, dates and locations. And, like, obviously he's there during the the portion of it and everything like that. Yeah? Um, What's this? You were mentioning to me also. H.H. Holmes? Yes. H.H. Holmes, buddy.
1: H.H. Holmes is a very, very interesting man. Uh, He actually had something called the... Is he tied to this? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm fucking blanking on his name. His his real name. We Google what H.H. H. Holmes' real name is. Oh, yeah. Uh, so H.H. H. Holmes was a prolific serial killer in America. He was actually nicknamed the American Ripper. He had essentially a murder hotel that he had built in downtown Chicago, and it was completed before the World's Fair. He is estimated to have 200 bodies under his belt, that he had killed 200 people. Herman... Webster Mudgett. Yeah, Mudgett's a rough name. I can see why he changed it to H.H. Holmes. There you go. Mudgett serial killer just doesn't sound bad, or doesn't sound good. It's really, really
0: bad. Um, so in this hotel that he had just Interesting kind of, fact, his family was wealthy, and he was able to pursue an early interest in medicine and surgery. Yeah, he, he was a surgeon. He um, Interesting. He knew the anatomy. He was kind of another...
1: Kind of shitty doctor like Tumblety was. He was the king of running scams. He there's like a count of human skeletons that he had sold to universities and medical clinics around the world, where there still actually are called home skeletons that they can prove track wor- back. Yeah, but these skeletons essentially would have been murdered victims that he was then trying to sell the bodies to. He'd had a run-in over in London when he was over there at one point um, trying to sell a cadaver to a medical research facility that he didn't have the proper paperwork for. So his tie becomes a little bit odd because he actually buys the real estate for the murder hotel that happens in Chicago. Um, It was like June 1888, and there's no record of him in America After that point, until 1889, Um, he was said to have land. I guess there was a census that was done in like 1880 where he actually owned a house in Whitechapel.
0: Really? Yep.
1: Um, He had had other ties. I believe it was, I don't remember what college he went to but he had had a college friend who was from London, so he had been over to the area multiple times. He had a guy that worked with him as well as kind of his assistant. Uh, Funny story to H.H. Holmes, he actually wasn't ever caught for any of the 199 murders that happened in the hotel. He was actually arrested and hung for the
0: murder of his assistant. (laughs) So, a little bit odd there. When they went through... Okay, I don't want to talk about this too much, because this is an episode. Mm -hmm. the, The murder hotel. Did they find the bodies in the hotel?
1: I'm glad you asked. That's a great question. Um, he actually, in the bottom of the hotel, had a kiln and a lie pit. So, the murder victims that were being killed in the hotel, he was then taking down into the basement, and he was disintegrating their bones and the lie, or disintegrating their bodies in the lie, and then burning the bones in the kiln. So he was pretty efficient in taking care of his victims. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, H.H. H. Holmes is a pretty bad dude. Um, that sort of is the thought process behind why he could have been the issue. He could have been Jack the Ripper. Uh, they believed one such theory for H.H. H. Holmes was that he was having his assistant kill the poor women. Because as he was killing the poor women, H.H. H. Holmes was actually hobnobbing with the rich ladies in London and potentially killing them because the police presence was going to be focused more on Whitechapel.
0: That's okay. I, he, he, needs, he needs his own episode. Yeah,
1: I, I don't... And this is where we have to get a little off stride with it. Um, all that stuff that I said about people writing books and then bringing mm-hmm. up fake evidence before, I lied about that. That's That's just not true. Because his son had actually written a book saying that he had his father's diaries and his father had written about it. He had the diaries checked against the three letters and by an independent handwriting expert, they said that it was a 97% match. Jesus Christ. Also, nobody else has seen the diaries except for the son and the independent handwriter, if he even saw it or whoever semi-legit did that. So, there is some question as to whether this was just his son trying to make money off of Holmes' fame.
0: I mean, regardless of who it is, it's just, it's fucking crazy. I know, like you said, that there were, you know, serial killers before and everything like that, but just the simple fact that this is like the godfather of serial killers. And the fact that I think, kind of like we talked about before, that he was never caught. How much of like, imagine the first like publicly basically you know introduce serial killer is then just like caught very quickly how many other serial killers do you think then look at that and say well fuck he was caught so you're gonna still get some that are gonna be like i'll just do it better but you're gonna get some that are like oh well never mind if it's if you're gonna get caught now nah, fuck it i'm not gonna yeah. do that but it's just crazy that again it's it's something that still hasn't been solved to you know up to today but it still is uses a lot of inspiration for both reality and, and fiction still still kind of in our pop culture.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know if I mentioned the term earlier. Um, I think I'm going to run with this because after we had the ufologists mm-hmm. for the UFOs, these people that still study Jack the Ripper are called ripperologists. Yeah. So, excuse me, anything that I'm interested in, I'm just going to throw ologist behind because it sounds fancier, I guess. There you go. Like, these people being ripperologists just study something that was done hundreds of years ago that the evidence now is just absolutely nothing, but they try to piece together these sort of murder algorithms to try to figure out. Yeah, it's just... It's a wild thing to me to think that people would refer to themselves as ripperologists because they really like Jack the Ripper.
0: Just a community of weirdos (laughs) wanting to belong
1: to something. Yeah, I guess we kind of got one too, so...
0: All right. You got anything else, man?
1: No. uh, I hope you guys like this. Um, Again, this is something that I really enjoy. Historically High sort of encompasses everything historic. I would personally contend that the hysteria that happens around serial killers is a part of history. Um, Eventually, if you guys are interested... The Manson family is something that's oh, hell yeah. really incredible. How and in how long do you
0: think I you know, in looking up like media on this documentaries, things like that, I don't think there's a series about Jack the Ripper. And I'm calling it right now, we're gonna get one within the next calendar year. Yeah. I, that I, they'll pick up an actual series called White Chap- it'll be like White Chapel. I think
1: there was, but I think it was only in England. Really? I think they
0: actually had There's one. gonna be something yeah. major over here. It, with milk in the system and the fucking just there is for serial killers right now. Calling it, folks. Calling it.
1: Yeah, so if you enjoy it, or enjoy serial killers, let us know. Um, There's plenty of historically important
0: serial killers. There's a bunch of historically horrible people that we're still yet to discuss. (laughs) Yeah, yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe and like button. Follow us. If you didn't like what you heard, still hit that anyway, because we'll probably cover something in the future that you do like. Um, please follow us on our social media, Adam, hit him with it.
1: Well, our Instagram is
0: historically high pod, historically
1: high pod. And we are on Twitter at historically high, that's
0: historically h-i. All right. And if you guys want to send in any feedback, suggestions, hit us up on those two, or you can even do it on Gmail. It's podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again. Peace.